Welcome back to A Restless Soul. I'm your host, Liz. I'm so excited for today's episode. I feel like I say this before every episode, but I guess that goes to say I don't put anything out on this podcast that I'm not genuinely lit the fuck up by. But today's guests are so special. We have Dana and Shayna from Day Luna on. They are human design queens and who I did my human design reader training with. So they are very near and dear to my heart. They are thriving projectors, badass women. I can't say enough good things about them. They've been such an amazing influence on me and have so much wisdom to share. I really think that you guys will enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, there will be a little introduction going over the podcast contest and the some of my offerings. Um, but I just wanted to say really quickly that the contest is super easy. You can DM me your screenshots of anything just to make sure that you get counted. And I also really recommend that you get on my email list. There is a link to do that in the show notes. I do send out little specials every now and then. And I want to start hosting maybe every couple of months, some workshops or just a space for some of us to connect and go on this little soul journey together. So if you join the email list, then you'll be in the know whenever those are happening. Also, I just wanted to invite you guys to to take advantage of the 15-minute consult calls. I feel like there's some of you out there being a little shy and please just book the call. We can talk about whatever you have going on. I know that there's quite a few of you just from some of my interactions, some of the submissions that I've seen that there is some career confusion or maybe you're feeling like there's some creation deep down inside of you that is wanting to come out, but maybe you need help figuring out how to go about that or honing in on what it is that you want to do. So I'd love to help you. But anyways, get cozy and enjoy the episode. So it was time for me to update this little introduction where I go over my offers and the contest. So first with the podcast contest, it's super simple. Basically, if you share it on social media or share it with a friend via text or DM, whatever, if you either post that and tag me in it, send an email to the podcast email address that's in the show notes, Or you could even DM me a screenshot that does get you an entry into the contest. And on the 15th of March and April, I will be picking the next two winners. We had our first winner for February and she got a free energy reading, which was really exciting. So I want to make it as accessible and easy for everyone as possible to enter And it's just a fun way for us to connect. So now moving on into the offers. I actually am going to be scaling back on my offers for the foreseeable future. Not completely, but for different reasons, I am scaling back. I did a whole post about why on Instagram. I'll save it to the highlights. So if someone is interested and why 
that is there for them to take a look at. But right now I'm just going to be focusing on human design readings and I'm planning on rolling out a one-to-one container that will be a mix of coaching and energy work. You'll be able to choose either one month or three months and I'll only be offering a few spaces at a time. But if this is something that you'd be interested in, feel free to book a 15-minute consult. I don't have the sales page yet, but that is coming soon. And some things that I help people with is career transition or confusion, life transitions, self-acceptance, and self-trust. All right. Well, thank you for listening and please enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited. We have Dana and Shayna from Day Luna here. They are human design experts and co-founders of Day Luna. They are on a mission to empower the collective towards self-love, personal freedom, and radical authenticity. They are my human design mentors, expanders, fairy godmothers, all the things. And there's so many human design teachers out there, but something about Dana and Shayna really resonated with me on a soul level. And I knew that if I was going to ever learn human design, that it had to be with them. And maybe a few weeks after I made that declaration, they announced their human design reader training in Costa Rica and the rest is history. They both are 2-4 projectors Dana is a Leo sun, Aquarius rising, and Leo moon. And Shayna is a Scorpio sun, Gemini rising, and Cancer moon. Welcome, guys. Ah, Thanks so much for having us. We're honored to be here. And I have full body chills just hearing you share about the timing of all of this in your life. So thank you so much for having us. Thank you for saying yes. So speaking of Costa Rica... We're a little over a year out from that retreat, which I know for myself and probably everyone who was there was so transformative. I feel like I'm still reaping the benefits from it. Do you guys have any reflections about a year later? I know that was your first big, big time retreat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the big thing for us in our own personal journeys with creating that retreat training was following our strategies and authorities, even though in our mind, we were like, should we be doing this? And it was still in the middle of the pandemic and everything in our strategy and authority was guiding us to that. And we didn't know why mentally it didn't make sense. So for us, it was such a leap of faith and like, okay, if we're teaching people to be following this inner compass, we have to do this retreat and we have to do it now. And so the timing was really surprising to us. So I love hearing that on your end. It was also that divine magical timing. And the big takeaway for us was being able to create that type of community and being able to connect with other women that were connecting through this level of awareness, it changed my entire life to be able to connect with 30 people that all spoke this language of human design energetics and that got to know each other with that foundation and to feel the way that you get to see other people and know other people and relate with such delicious harmony when you have that many people who all understand deeply 
what our energetics are and how those dynamics come together. To me, that was a life-changing thing. It's a glimpse into the future of what it could look like if we all understood each other on that level. It's so funny because everyone got to know each other so well from spending that time together. And then at the very last day, I'm like, wait, what city do you live in? What job do you have? Like, I didn't even know those basic bitch things that we ask each other first conversation (laughs) because I had these deeper soul level things to connect with people over like their life purpose and their learning style and their conditioning. Like it just for me was life-changing to get that glimpse into for me, a heaven on earth. Yeah. And it was just such an honor to also get to look at everyone's human design charts before meeting everyone. And that's so special, right? That's not how normal life works where somebody sends you their birth information and then you get to meet them and see who they are manifested in the physical form. So that was really cool for me too, is getting to just have the perspective of, let me look at your design. Let me look at your energy and then let me meet you in person and connect in a way where it's not, I'm doing reading, a reading for you. It's how can I support you? And having that kind of lens first of understanding their design and then being able to support them versus doing a reading, which we do that all the time, right? We see people's charts and then we do a reading and that's just such a different exchange and still amazing and life-changing and so connective. But Costa Rica was definitely just one of the highlights of my life, being able to hold that space with everyone and honestly, the synchronicities, the ease that came about in that time. And just, it really felt like a vortex of, I don't even know, like the most magnetic, aligned, free, like dream life vibes. So yeah, we're still riding the hype from Costa Rica. And that's why we're also now doing Bali because it was just, this is life. Like this is why we're here and connecting in person. There's just something about that, that you can't replace with anything else. Oh, that's so true. And for anyone listening that's going to Bali, you're in for so much magic. I'm so excited for you. And even though I physically won't be there, I feel like just because we have this human design bond, I don't know, I'm getting the benefits from you being there, even though I won't be there. Totally. And I think like such a big part of the retreat, obviously all of us who went in, like we really understood ourselves But I think because we can accept ourselves, then you can accept other people. And just being in a space where 35 women that could be a little chaotic in other circumstances, but to be so accepted by everyone and to feel that and then to give that to people in return was definitely, I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, that's so true. And That's such a good point of all of the women there being able to love themselves and understand themselves. Then you get to extend that to other people. And I think that that's often the thing that we miss in our social connections in our social relationships, we're so focused on, okay, how can I meet all these people and be interesting and tell funny things? It's all kind of in this mental ego conditioning place. But when you come in with this place of like, I'm just here to be myself and understand myself and go deeper. And then every person that was there was on that vibe, wanting to become a human design reader, wanting to then spread that wisdom to other people. So to see that happen in real time was so amazing, but also to see the women who have gone through the training and who are now giving human design readings, we got to sit in and watch their readings happen like in real time and see them meet with their clients. And honestly, that part was, I was in tears for every reading because 
it just reminds us back to the core of why we love human design and what it does, right? Like to see the ripple effect of everyone being able to spread this love and awareness and acceptance through their own unique gifts and to watch that. It's like, we're all on this journey together and anyone you connect to through this level of awareness, it's just such a pure and joyful and like spiritually felt connection. Shana, you had mentioned that you guys really took the time studying our charts and you knew us in some way before we all got there. What was that like? Can you describe it a little bit more to like know someone in their chart and then meet them in person? Was it what you expected? Yeah. So it was, I almost feel like a kid in a candy shop kind of energy where we got the charts beforehand. (laughs) And there's so many logistics that go into holding an event for that many people for that many days, like 10 days is a long time. And the logistics even of like running 35 charts and then organizing them all and making sure that everything matches with like the name tags and the gift bags and all the things, right? And so getting to look at the charts and people were sharing rooms and matching them with you know, a roommate based on the room type and their vaccination status and their design and everything. Like there's just so many logistical things that come into play. And then there's the magical side of like, okay, this person is a projector, a three, five projector with emotional authority and their cross is this. How are they going to be receiving this information if we have it at this time in the day and if we have for this many hours and if we do it in this order like there was a million different ways that we could have done things and so we wanted to really like look at everyone's charts and really see them and think about how they can best receive it using our projector energy to kind of like dive into their chart right so then meeting you all in person it was just like a Oh, and almost just so much better than what your chart is, if that makes sense. Because when you meet someone beforehand, it's like, okay, I see you as a human and and all of your gifts and your complexities and everything like that. But then you see their chart and it's like, oh, and that's why this and that's why that. But getting to see somebody's chart first, it's like, okay, I wonder what they're going to be like. And if they're leaning into the highest expression of these gifts, or if this is going to feel scary for them, or if this is going to feel natural, like really seeing that and having all those unknowns and then meeting someone. And it's almost like a, oh shit, kind of feeling if that makes sense of like, so like, I couldn't have imagined you, you know, as hard as I might try. And I can understand the inner workings of your chart, but you're living the expression of whether it's like fear or high expression or working with it internally, or if it's something that is out of your comfort zone, like all of your conditioning is coloring that. So it just felt like, yeah, a kid in a candy shop kind of energy. Oh, that's so fun. I was nervous about rooming with a random person, but <laughs> I had a feeling I was just like, okay, they're going to really take the time to look at our chart, their projectors, they're going to see things. So I just surrendered and just trusted in you guys fully. And I loved who I was roomed with. We did amazing together. And I actually saw Jackie in Denver when I was there a couple months ago. So oh my God, you guys brought that together. I love that. 
I love it. I was obsessed with you two as a pairing before I ever met you just from looking at your charts and she's a two five and, and you with a one four. And I was like, they both have these harmonious profiles. Like I just feel it. I just feel it. So then to meet you in person, I'm like, yes, I love them both. And I loved that. It was just such a fun experiment, right? To like do just the chart. And then like Shana said, to actually meet in person and see where people were at as far as their lived experience within it. Yeah. Oh, so cool. I love talking to you guys about it. And then like my last point I want to touch on in the retreat is something that I noticed about you is that you guys came into it and I felt you really set the intention for how you wanted to show up at leaders. I've been to other spiritual events and sometimes it can be sort of this like culty frenzy where everyone there is like really putting the teacher on a pedestal to the point where that doesn't always feel most healthy to me. And I felt Mm -hmm. you guys set the boundaries before we got there so that it wouldn't be like that. Did I pick up on that correctly? And what was your practice like to, you know, make it the way that it was and to be so approachable and welcoming and like, Hey, we're all on the same page. Yeah, totally. So I love that you brought that up because that was a big importance to us. Holding space is really important in general, especially when you're holding space for that many people and for that amount of days. And so Dane and I both being two fours, holding space has been a big part of our life in general, but getting to apply it in such a big way, it was really important that we a lead by example of how we want the space to be held and the integrity that we want behind it. And then also to lead by example and hold the space with authenticity. So not being so rigid and also not being so like fucking fake. Um, That's what it feels like in other, you know, events and retreats that we've gone to is like kind of that, like, hello, welcome kind of uh, woo woo thing, which is like, totally, if that's authentic to you, great. But like Dana and I are just ourselves and we're not going to get up and be like, okay, and I'm the leader and the teacher and you can talk to my assistant or whatever shit. So we kept saying to each other before I kept saying to Dana, like, we're going to have meals in the same place as everyone, right? Like we're going to have time beforehand and then after things to just hang out and like talk to people, we're going to go on the excursion, right? And we're going to go to the hot springs and hang out with everyone. Like we're not going to be removed where we just come in and and lead and then leave where this whole experience is us. Like it's our frequency of like authenticity and leadership and leading by example and helping other people lead and holding space in a way where other people can step up and lead if that's what they want to do. So we kind of talked about it a lot and really just had such strong intention of fully being ourselves, but in a way that was spacious for other people to fully be themselves and to lead in that way. And even in the retreat, like so many people stepped up and wanted to lead workout things or Kashic record readings or during free time things. And that just felt like we could not have asked or even dreamt that up or thought that that would be something that would happen. And it just naturally did. And I think in part because we had such a strong intention of like, this is a complete safe space, but it's also not chaos. Like there's also like, it's an actual space. It's not just a friend's group or 
chaotic energy. It's like very intentional, very held, very respectful, but also really free. Was there anything that you would add to that, Dana? Yeah. A lot of it comes from the four in our profile, which part of this four line and the two, I mean, the two is like this very democratic energy and the four is like wanting to abdicate, like lead by like getting off of the throne and just being there as equals with people. And I think that that's always been one of our core values because, you know, we have several people on our day Luna team full time. And it's always like, we want every single person to feel like we are all equal because we are, even though we're unique and different, we're all at this equal level. And we want everyone to feel like they have the personal freedom and empowerment to do what they want, to say what they want. So we really strive to bring that into everything that we do. And it feels so good to get to step into a space like that, where everyone feels they have space to lead and be seen and feel special. And I think it goes back to that conditioned piece. Like there's not enough room for everyone to be special. People say like, did you get a trophy for being special? But it's like literally every single person is actually special. And it's just our scarcity mindset that makes us feel like there's not space for that, but really there is. Mm, Yeah. And people who are working in a corporate setting right now may be like, what the F are they talking about? (laughs) Like, that's not real. It doesn't work that way. And I'm an attorney, so very toxic back culture environment can be. And when we did the retreat, we did really get a feel for, oh, it doesn't have to be the way that we've all been doing it. And I know you both had corporate jobs before founding Day Luna. So what was that transition like for you? Yeah. So for me, mine was a little bit less intense than Shayna, but I was working in this corporate setting where I was working as a behavioral therapist. And the thing for me that really rubbed me the wrong way was that there were so many rules and structures that just felt so going against the core of my most passionate self-expression. So one of them for me was actually, I wasn't allowed to wear any jewelry. I wasn't allowed to have any of my tattoos showing. And I had to have corporate clothing on that whatever standard. And for me personally, that was a big deal because I really love to express myself through my jewelry. It's genuinely one of my biggest passions in each and every single day and fascinations. And I'm like into like what stones you wear on what finger and like the planetary energy of the stone and the finger that you wear. It's like one of my things in life. And the fact that I wasn't allowed to wear jewelry, it was this striking soul moment of like, this is not where you're meant to be. And to other people that might sound crazy, like they might be rolling their eyes. But for me personally, it was like speaking to me on a really deep level. And there was all of these other things too. You know, I loved being a therapist and I felt like I found, you know, my projector realm where I was able to help people, but it was false. It was like half recognition. You know, I wasn't allowed to sing or bring in my singing bowls or any of these creative things that I wanted to do. I wasn't allowed. And there was all of these structures around taking data and, you know, the powers that be in that system would literally tell you if you're not getting data when you're doing this thing, just change the type of data you're taking so that you show results, even if you're not getting results. So it's like all of these levels of like, no integrity, no respect for self-expression, no prioritizing creative, like unique approaches to things. It just really felt like every chance for being unique was stripped and every chance for actually making an impact was clouded by 
data and making money. And it was all of those things that just felt this rubs me the wrong way. And even though I am helping people and that feels good, and this is the best fit that I found of a job so far, it was these friction on a soul level that it felt like other people around me either weren't noticing or could just brush to the side. And for me, transitioning out of that finding human design and just being like, I can't ignore that feeling of this is off for me. This is out of alignment for me. Really listening to that was so empowering and liberating. And I guess before we kind of get into that, Shana, do you want to talk a bit about your corporate job? Yeah. So I was working as a director of operations for this guy who owned like 10 businesses. And I was doing that for a few years. And the side of it that really just was not my life was how everyone is working for their boss and then their boss is working for their boss and their boss is working for their boss. And then they're working for me and then I'm working for him and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing at all. And it just like trickles down to, you know, everybody trying to figure everything out, but in a way where it was so inauthentic in a way where it's, this is just how things are done. This is just how we do things. You just do them because I told you to do them and I'm your boss. And somebody down at a low level position has zero power over how they're using their energy each day and what they're working on. And all the way at the top, he doesn't care, but all the levels in between say that you should care. And then they say that you should care. And then they say that you should care. It's like the shittiest fucking version of telephone that isn't serving anyone. And we're all just going through the motions for no reason. And to me, like to get to see that it was so frustrating because it was just that level of feeling trapped a feeling like stuck in a system and knowing that everybody involved feels that at some level. And yes, I got a lot of recognition in that job and I did have a lot of freedom myself, but at the same time, there were so many days where I was sitting in the office and like, didn't have anything that I needed to do, but I wanted to go home because I was exhausted, but I had to just sit there and wait until five o'clock hit and then go home and wait in traffic. And like when I could have left at noon and had no traffic and been resting and maybe come back on Monday or whatever day and had so much more energy. It's like, that makes sense. But the fact that we can't do things, especially in the corporate world, that makes sense on an individual basis because of some rule that was written in the company structure 10 years ago and it's not serving anyone, but we can't confront them because it's just how things are done. Like all of that was just so fake to me and just so low vibe and also felt like prison. And I know that this is a common experience for the masses, like on a collective scale is that feeling of sitting at your desk and wanting to go home and not being able to, and there's nothing that you need to do there. So you just meander on like emails and go get like four different drinks at the coffee station and like maybe check in with your coworkers and they are all thinking the same fucking thing. And that is just such a waste of our life, like time. So that whole experience 
just kept rubbing on me as a projector and being exhausted and feeling like I have to keep going. I have to keep up and really just feeling like this just isn't my life. This feels like prison. And as much as I enjoy leading, as much as I enjoy getting shit done and making things happen and getting recognition, it's just not my life. And it was a big decision to leave that job because I was making really good money and I was going into the unknown of starting my own business with Dana and there were no answers. There were no guarantees. There was no 401k or health insurance or all of the practical things. And also there was no like business school that I went to that backed any of this up. Like it literally did not make sense on a mental plane whatsoever, but everything in our bodies and now with using our authority for a few months beforehand was screaming, this is the way, like, this is your truth. This is what you're meant to do. And so it was a big leap of faith for both of us to jump off that cliff and say, send in our notice. And I gave like a month notice because I needed to then hire someone and train them and all the things. But it was scary. And I know that a lot of people are in that place, especially right now of wanting to quit their jobs, but not knowing what they're going into next. And human design is like the most helpful. And it's like having your own back throughout the unknown, throughout the transition. And it just aligns everything. So that way you end up in the right place at the right time. And all of those things of like, well, I don't know this and I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know whatever. Nobody knows what they're doing. The person at the very top, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Elon Musk doesn't know what he's fucking doing. The president, like literally there's no one on this planet who knows what they're doing. And so really just taking that out of your mind with the fear of the unknown It's not like you're going to do something and feel like I know exactly what I'm doing ever. You're always going to be figuring it out. So you might as well be figuring it out on something that you actually love and want and brings you joy and freedom and fulfillment versus figuring it out for someone else's thing. And you feel like you're trapped in a, like a cog in a wheel and there's no way out. So that's my biggest advice. And one of my biggest passions actually is work and figuring out what work and abundance and freedom and how you're using your energy in your work, how you can actually make that transition and live your purpose in the work that you do. Because a lot of spiritual practices will tell you to focus on life's not all about work. And it's like, yeah, that's true. And we spend the majority of our life at work. And so really looking at that and deciding, is this something that is serving my alignment? Not just my family, not just my spiritual practice and my meditations and my diet and my exercise, but also my work. It's so important to look at that and then trust yourself through the transition if if you're feeling called to make one. So good. Yeah. I recently got laid off from a job a few weeks before I was planning on quitting and something that I've been really taking the time to look back on is why was I giving my energy to an overall organization that I don't really believe in what they're doing? I feel it's a waste of my energy. I don't really trust the person running this. And on one hand, it made sense. I could work from home. I was making great money. But just like on a soul level, 
this is just not working for me. And I had to take a look into the conditioning that allowed me to sit in that for so long. And Dana, I'm so glad you shared about your corporate experience because whenever you guys talk about working corporate jobs on podcasts I've heard you on or in your podcast, I cannot see you (laughs) in that type of environment. I really, really can't. I can believe it a little bit more for Shayna and the (laughs) fact that you couldn't express yourself because you are so you and you also love Mm -hmm. to be outside and wear jewelry. So Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what that would (laughs) have been like for you to be in this really gray environment. Yeah. It didn't last long, girl. I'll tell you that because it was so wrong for me. But it was right before my Saturn return that I got into that. And I, it was this feeling of like, I better get my shit together. What am I doing? Like I'm going to Burning Man every year, like traveling the world on like $20 a day. Like I need to get my shit together. So I like got this corporate job, like went to school for it, like did it all. And then it just was like, whoops, this is not me at all. And like, I would see my friends at the grocery store coming home from work in my like corporate outfit. And they'd be like, what the hell is happening right now? And it was like humiliating to feel myself going against my truth so hard, but I'm really grateful for it because it was a strong experience in my life that guided me to where I am now. Yeah. And I just want to say that like, we're not telling anyone listening, like, go quit your job right now. Mm-hmm. There's ways to navigate a transition without giving your two weeks notice. There's so many different ways that you can start optimizing your energy within the work that you're doing right now. Having awareness of what you have energy towards and what you don't. Really taking an inventory of how you're using your energy at work to really identify like that part that's not me. This part actually is really fascinating or I have a lot of energy towards that. And it'll just give you clues of how you want to make that transition because sometimes you're working a job and you know, okay, this is not it, but it pays me enough and I have enough freedom because I get to work from a home where I can start building or working on or applying towards or whatever that new thing if you know what that is. But if you don't, there's so many ways to start identifying what that is by just taking inventory of how you're using your energy now within your work and what is energizing you or fascinating you and what is draining you and feels like you're trapped versus feels like you're free. Like starting to notice those little things will help any transition happen. And of course you can do what Dana and I did and and quit and jump off the cliff, but we would only recommend to do that if your authority is 100% like, this is what I need to do. And this is the timing because that's so important. And I've worked a million different jobs. I've been a hostess several times. I've been a bartender. I've been a waitress. I've worked at fast food restaurants. I've freaking worked as housekeeping and nanny. Like I've worked literally every single freaking job, except for maybe like construction. Um, (laughs) I've worked in a million different like offices and for so many different types of businesses to see like what could work and nothing, literally nothing. And then I found out I'm a projector. I'm like, oh, that's because of my (laughs) gifts and my design. So just anyone listening, like you don't need to go quit your job right now. You can start playing and seeing and noticing your energy. That's always going to be the first step. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how when we really finally get to a place where we know and accept ourselves, things in your life that are not in resonance with that, they'll crumble on their own. Mm -hmm. You sometimes don't even need to make the hard choice. The universe will let you know, hey, this isn't working for you. And it's time for you to take the next steps. 
something that you both mentioned that I really like. And I think whenever we're in that phase, like this isn't my life, I hate my job, I don't like it. We can really want to blow up our life and completely burn it all down and start brand new. But it sounds like the two jobs you had before, a therapist and director of operations, I think those really prepared you to make Day Luna the success that it is. For sure. Yeah. I often think about we have a perfect path, right? Even if our path has been winding and took us some places that were out of alignment, it's like those skills were there for a reason and those challenges were there for a reason. And for sure, like what Shana was sharing about working with this really high powered, like business owner guy, and she was like his right hand man, right hand woman, if you will, her sharing, like being in these boardrooms with all these like powerful billionaires and none of them knowing what they were doing and just being like, ah, why not? Let's try it. And asking me what they should do. Yeah. Literally asking me like, well, what do you think, Shana? I'm like, bitch, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, 100%. That was such a powerfully needed thing to happen in her path. And same in my experience with different things to prepare us for what was meant for us. And before we started Day Luna, there was like a period of time where we were like trying on a few different hats. Like, should we do this? Should we do that? Should I freaking move to France and, you know, start becoming a, a goat milk farmer? There was a lot of things that came to my head and I wasn't really sure where I was going, but It's so important to move into the unknown with the confidence of your strategy and authority. And that is the only guiding light we got, which I feel like that's so important to talk about. You know, human design is this navigation system. Well, a a portion of it is this navigation system, but you're still going into the unknown. And something that your strategy and authority might lead you to, it might lead you there so that you can meet a person and then ditch that job or so that you can pick up a skill that's going to guide you to the next skill. Your strategy and authority is not always going to guide you to the very next thing being 100% successful or lasting forever. That's just not how it works, but it is guiding you towards the path that is meant for you, the places that you're meant to be, the places that you're meant to be using your energy in that moment. So I think a lot about safety and wanting to have this like sense of safety. I think so many of us are really attached to that. And that's why we have so much anxiety is because we live in a world of uncertainty where the only constant is change. And there is such thing as connecting to safety for sure, but it's not going to come through knowing that the next thing you do is your thing forever and you never have to grow or make any other changes ever again. So I think the changes and challenges and winding roads that we've navigated are what builds confidence and resilience and self-trust within you. And I'm grateful for every mistake that I've made. I'm grateful for every douchebag that I've dated. (laughs) I'm grateful for it all because it gives you polarity to see yourself more deeply. You know, I wouldn't see myself the way I do now if I hadn't been in experiences that were so misaligned in other parts of my life. Yeah. And I just want to add to that. I think a lot of times our fear around change or changing jobs or starting our own business or even travel is this collective conditioning that you get into a good job and you work your way up and you put in, you know, years and years and years of your life and you put into your retirement fund and then you retire and then you're set and your kids do the same and then they take care of you. And like, that's how life is meant to be. And 
that's what our grandparents did. That's what a lot of our parents did. And really looking at the people who have done that, do you want their life? Because that's the main question. I don't think that we stop to ask that. We just look and say like, oh, once you get into a job that is right for you, you just do that and you work that job for years and years and years. And like, that's commendable. But that's really like, do you want their life? And a lot of the times, once you ask that question, it's like, well, actually, no, like I want way more freedom and I want way more excitement in my life and I want way more travel and experiences. And I don't want to just hit retirement age and then retire and be at home. And unless you're like, yeah, I do want their life. And that is exactly what I want. Great. Go for that. But there's this like subconscious collective conditioning that we all have when we're about to make a big change. Well, all my coworkers are fine. And they're just chugging along. It's like, okay, well, do you want their life? And that question alone has been something that has been really helpful for me with making big transitions. But even my partner, Brian, I mean, he works in a very corporate setting still, and he's worked there for 10 years and they judge the shit out of him for all the travel that we do. And it's always like a big deal. And they all came to our wedding and got to know me on a more like intimate personal way and really just coming back to like we're human we're intimate real people and it's not anything personal if i don't want to work in the same way as you it's not anything personal to you if i don't want to stay at this job the rest of my life or if i want to wait to take travel because i'm just so dedicated to this job it's has nothing to do with your boss it has nothing to do with your coworkers it's an individualized personal real human experience and if you can just kind of unplug from the stories that you're kind of telling yourself that are keeping you where you are right now and really look at like do i want those people's lives and what do I really want for my life without all the noise, without all the fear? That's going to be like the first step. So I'm so passionate about this because it's real. I think that a lot of people are experiencing this. And this is the main experience that we're all kind of like redefining and breaking down in this, this time collectively is how we work and why we work and what we're creating and what's the mission behind it, our personal mission behind the work that we do and not necessarily working in the same way as our grandparents or our parents did, but really redefining like, is this serving us? And is this helpful? And is this helping me honor my own individual needs? All of this is just going to get more and more fine-tuned the more that we define mental health, sexual health, how we empower ourselves as individuals. It's just work is going to be changing for everyone. So might as well be now if that's what your authority is leading you to. I wish I could copy and paste this conversation and go back in time and just force the version of me when I was first starting out in my career. School was always really easy for me. But once I got into the workforce and I was just so different from everyone, bought right, could never be on time to save my life. And what you were saying earlier, I just would get so frustrated. Okay, I got all my work done in three hours. Why do I have to sit here for another four just to make someone feel they're getting their dues for paying me and getting what they can out of me? So I think this is going to help a lot of people. For me, human design, one of the biggest 
places that helped me relax was realizing the way that I work, that's perfect for me. And I don't need to continue to beat up on myself or try to twist myself to fit into this very small box that we all think we have to thrive inside of. Yeah, absolutely. And it's right on time. And also... Brian's my husband and he's still navigating all of this, even with me like chirping in his ear half the time. But <laughs> so it's like knowing that the timing is always going to be exactly what it needed to be. And it's right on time. But I feel like anyone who's listening to this right now has that you're listening to this for a reason. And the timing, maybe this is exactly what you needed to hear. Something that's been coming up for me, and I'd love to talk about this with you ladies, is intuitively I'm realizing I'm entering a timeline where work just isn't going to be a priority for me like it used to be. And I think that's kind of what's coming in the new paradigm, our relationship to work, how our culture centers our whole identity around it. That's not going to continue. I don't think it will in the future. And While I'm part of me is really excited, like, oh, that's cool. You can focus on yourself and not worry about work and you're still going to be provided for and taken care of. And there's so much other value to you than what you do and what you can do. But I'm freaking out a little bit. It is a big transition for me to just be okay in that. And so I think sometimes when we talk about the new paradigm, some people are fearful around it. And I think I'm kind of understanding Why? Because we've spent so much of our lives growing up believing that we need these systems in place to provide for us and to have an identity and all of those things. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, this is a huge topic, but it's interesting how the modern day human, the majority of our greatest fears are all around our beliefs. The majority of the planet, our greatest fear is not getting eaten by a lion in the middle of the night anymore, right? Because of the way that we live, because of our society at this point. And that's a part of our evolution as human beings. And so this story of the new paradigm, it's really a story of our evolution. And as human beings, you know, we evolved from these like caveman people, like living off the land, but very connected to our intuition and very connected to nature. And then we evolved into this very like mental kind of animal that started to separate ourselves from nature and started to create these societies and structures that control nature, right? And now we are moving out of that realm of control and manipulating nature and having all of these mentally strategic structured rules. We're moving out of that and we're moving into this completely new realm of being spiritually realized beings and coming back into touch and connection with oneness and like that collective energy. So we are really at a pivotal point in our human evolution right now. It's an evolution of consciousness. It's not so specifically like a physical evolution, although the energetics do lead to that physical evolution later down the line. But we are definitely in a time right now where everything is changing. Everything that we've known, everything our society has been built on is shifting. And for all of us in this conversation, and probably most of the people listening, we're already people who are awakening to a lot of different things in life. We are 
already people who have eyes to see the world differently than the majority of the planet. But there are still so many people that have not awakened that do not have eyes to see and to ask these deeper questions about our soul and being a spiritual being, having a human experience. So for those people, it's definitely going to feel like a rude awakening that everything that they've known that has made them feel in quotes safe is crumbling. But you can look anywhere and see evidence that it's happening right? Our school systems are crumbling. They must change. Our Western medicine is crumbling. It must change. Our Western kind of work structure that was built in the industrial revolution is crumbling and it must change. So I think that when we talk about the new paradigm, especially in a very human designy way, like if you've listened to any of Ra Ruhu's lectures about the new paradigm, in my own personal journey with it, I think that the most important thing to have is hope and trust. Because if we don't have hope and trust, change feels really, really scary. And if we create this story that we won't be able to evolve in time and our world is just going to crumble and there's going to be chaos, if you have that belief, then you're helping to create that reality. And it is so important that you have the belief that we can better things, that we can protect our planet and save our planet, that we can create harmony. And looking for evidence of that, looking for beliefs in that, letting that be your foundation is so important because first of all, it helps you become a person who creates that frequency, but it also just makes you feel better as you're moving through the day to day. Like I notice in myself when I get really worked up about climate change or when I get really worked up about if I have kids right now, like what's school going to look like for them in 15 years or whatever. And when you're navigating that stuff from a place of fear and believing that you can't trust life's intelligent unfolding it doesn't feel good. And I think it really dims our light and it dims our empowerment. And so I think that for every person doing what you need to do to develop trust in yourself first, love in yourself first, and then extending that trust and love to life, to the universe, to the unfolding, to life's intelligent path, and plan for our human consciousness evolution. On a really deep level, what we need to be teaching right now is love and trust. And I think that that is the thing that helps us all on an individual level, but it's going to be the thing in the end that helps us on a collective level. And I don't know if I answered your question. Did I? What was the... (laughs) That was amazing. I guess... Well, it wasn't really a question. I was just sharing what I was going through and just some observations that... I'm seeing in myself. And because when I first was hearing about the new paradigm, I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. And I had heard that there's Reddit pages where people are actually very fearful of it and scared of what that will look like. And I didn't understand what that fear would be because who doesn't want a world where we're all free and accept ourselves and accept each other. But I'm going through a personal shift right now where I'm seeing like the crumbling of structures that I've relied on and it doesn't feel good. It's a lot to wrap your mind around, but obviously I have the tools to get me through this little rocky period, but I loved everything that you were just saying. That was so beautiful. Yeah. And the way through this change and this crumbling and rising of whatever's going to rise through it is really understanding who you are 
and how you are a unique individual. And so using your strategy and authority, I mean, human design is really like this tool that's going to help you really identify who you are and how to make decisions and how to find your own alignment of what's right for you. And the reason why that's so important is because this new paradigm is all about being a unique individual and understanding that we're all uniquely different. And so the structures that are one size fits all aren't going to work for us. Our churches, our religions, our health systems, anything that is one size fits all and is excluding people that don't fit a very specific mold are going to be crumbling. And that includes how we work, right? This nine to five structure, this corporate environment that serves a very specific mold and that's going to be crumbling. And so of course it's going to feel scary because it's going to feel unknown and it's going to feel shattering everything that you thought was safe or what your life might look like when you're at a certain age or by the time you have kids or whatever it is. But the more that you can really understand, okay, this is who I am. These are my unique gifts. This is what I uniquely need to be supported and to feel free and to feel myself. The more that you understand that, the easier it's going to be for you to then create things that are individualized and support your community or the collective in an individualized way. And that's not going to be a structure that's crumbling. So while we have this crumbling, scary time, we also have this rising of individualized businesses and teachings and offerings and communities where people get to come in and really be supported in a very unique and individualized way. So even when we look at our school system and seeing how this one size fits all way of teaching isn't serving us anymore, or even when we look at the pandemic and we see this mass event that has really forced people to get clear on what do I believe in? What supports me? What is my individual authority telling me? Because I can't trust the government or the media or my friend that's telling me not to trust the government or the media, really having to get clear on, do I want to get vaccinated or not? That question alone, there's so much polarization there. And the reason why is because there's not one answer. It's very individualized. And that's the same teaching in human design. It's the same thing that human design has said is going to happen, that there's going to be events like pandemics or mm -hmm. whatever that force you to get really clear on who is your authority in your life. Is it the government? Is it your community? Is it your family? Is it your partner? Or is it you? And so if your inner authority is saying, yes, I want to get vaccinated, that is right for me. That is what is right for you because everything is energetic. So you taking that into your body then is going to be right for you versus if your inner authority is saying, no, that's not right for me. And it's not coming from a fear-based place. It's coming from my truth. Then that is what is right for you. And if you were to take that, it would have adverse effects for you. So this is something that's very collective scale, forcing us all to get really clear on are you your own authority or not? And things like that are just going to keep happening in every aspect. And it's going to cause us to look at our health system and our government and our structures in a new way that we previously weren't able to, because there wasn't such a big catalyst that forced us to get clear on who we are and what we think and what we believe in without forcing or imposing our own beliefs on 
other people. So that's a big part of this that we're sifting through right now is I know for me that yes, that is correct for my body. My own authority is telling me that, but I'm not going to tell my husband or my family or my coworkers to go do what worked for me because I am not their authority. I can give them information and share my ideas and teach, but I'm not going to tell you that this is right for you or this is wrong for you because only you can know that. So it's really fascinating. But of course the pandemic's fucking scary. A lot of people have died. It's heartbreaking. And also a lot has risen through that of getting clear on who you are as an individual and connection and understanding and this collective shift that it's thrust us into having to get clarity on who we are and what we believe in, in this very specific way. And in everything in life, there's always, always, always a highest expression and a lowest expression of the one thing, right? So like just looking at, for example, this example of the global pandemic, what was the highest expression of it? And what was the lowest expression of it? And the difference between being at, seeing it from the highest expression or seeing it from the lowest expression is your frequency. And I look at the new paradigm in the same way. There's a highest expression and a lowest expression. And the goal, really, the big goal for me is how do we get people to raise our vibration so that we create the highest expression? Because we are co-creators, but we are not in complete control of everything because life is collaborative on so many deeper levels than we could ever understand. So like, what is our empowerment? Our empowerment is always to raise our own vibration and connecting with the highest truth is the way that we do that. And then we end up, the more people that have this higher frequency of awareness, of love, of seeing life from a higher lens, like we literally transmute. So we can't change or jump ship or fight against a natural course, but we are able to alchemize. And like, that is the power that we have. And Liz, what you said about work and like feeling like work is not going to be such a a prominent thing in your life moving forward. I am so happy for you. And honestly, I have to tell you when I saw that you got laid off, like unexpectedly, I was really happy for you. Like my heart smiled because I love (laughs) you. I love your energy. I love who you are. I've gotten to see you deliver content and do readings. And I was like, this is such a gift and a blessing. And I feel like you magnetized it to you to be a catalyst for your next thing. And I'm really excited for the magic that you are already creating and will continue to create just as like a pure expression of who you are. And that's the new work is like, how can I be all of me and commit to that and not do anything that robs the world from me being my truest self. And like, we're going to really shift the way that currency works when everyone is doing that, but it's also going to be a freaking magical world. And I'm super stoked for you and for everyone that is getting to receive all of the things that you've been creating. Yeah. And I just have to add on to that. And well, first of all, Liz, I think I sent you a message when you shared that you got Mm -hmm. laid off, like, congratulations. I'm so excited (laughs) for you. I got so many congratulations. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I want to say on that same note with frequency and vibration, that alchemy that happens it's not always about just seeing the positive and just rainbows and butterflies. And it's not spiritually bypassing. It is looking at the dark, looking at the hardship, looking at the chaos or the unexpected 
and then choosing to alchemize it by listening to your own internal guidance system and choosing that higher frequency. So I just wanted to clarify because I know that people listening might hear what Dana was sharing and think must be nice to live in like a rainbow butterfly world, like must be privileged or must be spiritually bypassing. And that's not it at all. It's really seeing the dark, seeing the heavy, seeing the fear, and then choosing to alchemize that and not living from a place of, oh my God, the future's so scary and we're all fucked and we're all going to die. Because if you live from that place, that's what's going to happen. But if you can see that and then say, wow, that's a lot of fear. There's a lot of collective pain. How do I feel called? What is my mission towards alchemizing this pain into something that is serving me as an individual and in turn able to serve the collective? So it's all there. And human design does not teach to just ride the highs and that's it. It's the spectrum of like pain and loss and ecstasy and magic and rainbows and butterflies. So you're always going to be experiencing the two and then choosing to alchemize that, that energy. Oh, that was so good. You guys made me a little emotional there. I love that you've been on this journey with me. Yeah, it's been, sorry, this has all been so long-winded, but I think that this is just such an important conversation to have. It's so important. And I guess if anyone listening isn't quite sure on what exactly we mean when we say new paradigm, maybe one of you could explain that. Yeah. So with the new paradigm, it's really about these global cycles of evolution, like I was talking about in the beginning. And with Ra Aruhu, who was the founder of human design, he through downloading information from the voice was really given this information about these global cycle shifts and moving into this new paradigm away from this old paradigm that was all about planning and about having these systems of control so that our communities could come together and thrive. And really that was kind of like a necessary part of our evolution was to have these structures, for example, a church and an organized religion where there was a leader dictating to a group of people what was right and what was wrong. So, so much of what has been built in our society was built with that cosmic karmic influence, right? The way that our school system was built was literally built around the industrial revolution where it's like the few leaders at the top, a corporate business, right? Exactly what we were talking about in the beginning, a few leaders at the top telling everyone, this is how you must show up. These are the orders. And that actually was a part of what was meant to be in our human evolution. And as we approach the year of 2027, we're approaching this kind of like big shift right? A shift into a new cycle, a cycle that is all about individual empowerment and collective oneness and really being able to do what is right for you as an individual and really being able to understand who you are as a unique individual so that you can connect to collective unity. And so anything that was built in this old system of oppression that is not allowing people to have individual empowerment or freedom is going to crumble in the shift. We're already seeing it happen as we've been kind of talking about through this. And only the things that allow space for people to become their own authority as an individual are going to be left. So in this new paradigm, you know, it's really is about the pathway to collective unity and harmony is through individual empowerment. And this is something that I really think is super important to talk about because we're starting to see 
like a toxic false individualism, I feel like in a lot of spaces where people think that they're really becoming their own authority and their beliefs, but they're still actually being dictated by some authority figure that they're learning from. And then they're convincing themselves that that's actually their belief or their opinion, but that's really their conditioning. So the true path of really knowing who you are on like a soul level and truly becoming empowered as your true self as an individual The ironic and beautiful thing about that is that is the thing that connects you to collective oneness. That is the path that helps you remember that you are the one universal loving awareness source intelligence, whether you want to call that God or universal life force, whatever it is that you believe in. We all are this one source energy living the illusion of all of these individual experiences. But in order to really come into that collective oneness and love and awakening, the pathway, the doorway to that is actually through ourselves, through our own self-love, through our own honoring ourselves. And so this new paradigm in the highest expression is about that. It's the more that we liberate ourselves as an individual and become our truest path that we really are destined to go on, we end up serving this collective unity where every person is like a puzzle piece. And with our conditioning, we have been so taught to believe that if everyone is unique and if everyone's different and everyone's doing their own thing, there's just going to be chaos. But when we look at nature, our greatest teacher, our wisest teacher that we have available to us on earth, right, is the nature all around us. We're able to see that in the healthiest ecosystems, there's diversity, And every flora and fauna plays its own unique role. And they're all so beautifully different. And that's what creates harmony and health. When there's only one type of plant or animal in an environment, it becomes unhealthy and collapses. So that is our proof, really, that humans are the same because we are a part of nature on this earth. When we all play our own unique and individualized role, That is what creates harmony. And actually, when we're all trying to bend ourselves and contort ourselves to be something we're not, that is our destruction. So in that way, I think that the biggest like takeaway for people who are not familiar with human design is this new paradigm is all about really becoming your true self and learning how to serve the collective from that stance instead of like giving your power away or allowing other people to be your authority. Yeah. And this isn't something that's like, you know, this huge mission that's outside of you. It's accessible right now in this moment by tuning into your body and understanding what it's telling you and listening. So in this transition that you're in, Liz, when that like fear is there, that unknown is there, it's like, okay, the best thing that I can do is really tune into like what's happening right now in my home, in my space? What, how, what is my body telling me? Is it telling me I need rest? Is it telling me I need to go outside? Is it telling me I need to eat? Like That's where you access this power that connects you to everything that Dana just talked about, being that individualized person that then creates something that connects you to the collective. So it's beautiful and it's all accessible in that one space, but to circle it, like full circle background, that's what we experienced at the retreat of everybody being this unique individual person and everybody seeing that and 
valuing that in themselves and in each other. And we had such harmony. We had such balance. Like we couldn't have planned it better. There are things that happened that were just so synchronistically perfect. Not a single person had COVID. Not a single person got sick. Not a single thing went wrong on this whole 10 day thing. And honestly, I don't know if that's true in like any set 10 days of my life. Um, So it's like knowing that harmony exists when we all get to be our individual self. And we experience that little like set moment for those 10 days all together. And in a collective way with 35 people, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It really was. And I'm just so excited to increase that and have more moments like that and eventually have that be our life 24 seven. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This was so soul nourishing. I absolutely love this conversation. I know you have so many things going on. You guys just wrote a book, which it's not only is it a great book, but it's beautiful. And tell everyone about your offers and how they can find you. Yeah, we have our book, which is called Your Human Design and teaches you all the basics in human design, but also how to apply them, how to start living your design today. And it has just beautiful recommendations like crystals and oils and quizzes and just a lot to help you sift through really understanding yourself and navigating your day-to-day life. And you can find that anywhere books are sold. And we also have, you know, trainings. We have online courses. We have a monthly membership where we gather every month and we teach different things in human design. And you can find all of that on our website, which is daylunalife.com. And we have our podcast, the Dayluna Human Design Podcast, and our Instagram, which is at Dayluna. So, so many different offerings. We have so many new offerings that are going to be coming out this year. And we just, are so excited to see how you use this information and individualize and serve the collective. So here's to all of our rising, right? I'm so excited.